He's a blessing God. He's a helping God. He's a God who will not leave us on our own if we ask for help. Amen? Amen. Well, we want to say happy Sabbath, uh, Shabbat Shalom, to all our brethren who understand what that means. Uh, we are very happy today. We're happy to be alive and well and in the kingdom of the Most High. Amen? We want to say uh, welcome to those who are joining us on uh, social media, either live or uh, at another time. Uh, also, you can at this point go to, if you're watching live, you can go to our website, and on the front page there's a button that says live broadcast. So if you don't have a Facebook account or a YouTube account or other accounts, you can watch live on RemitSeedMinistries.org. We want to thank you all for joining us in that capacity or through that avenue, we should say. And those who are joining us on the conference line, we want to say good afternoon to you as well. So let's join at this time for a word of prayer and uh, ask God to send his spirit so we understand his truth. Heavenly Father, again, in the precious name of Jesus Christ the righteous, we bow to your throne of mercy and grace today. Thanking you so much for this privilege, Lord, and as we open up your word, we ask that that spirit that you promised us would come to fill our hearts and our minds so we may understand your way. Bless those all over the world who are bowing down and honoring you as the only true and living God. We ask that you would help them in their quest to know you better. And Father, please, once again, forgive us for the sins we have committed against you. And in the name of Jesus, we ask all things. Amen. Happy, happy, happy Sabbath. The Sabbath was just a gift. Because we are not, he knew we are not gifted or smart enough to stop. We will be 24-7 people. And you get too many 24-7s in a line without a stop to remind you who he is, you will forget your God. Amen? So we talked what he called parables. There was a reason for that. He, he, he told us why. And, but he always tried to use something that was known to describe something that was unknown. That's why he used parables, and he made them uh, uh, very applicable to those people that were around him. And so, but we have to understand, this parable we're going to read today is entitled, whether well, the sermon is entitled, His Seed, Your Soil. So let's look at this parable and see how this is relating to us even today and how we may be able to help. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, and choked it. And another fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He hath that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, we know everybody there had ears, right? Everybody had physical ears. But he said, those who can, are ready to hear this, hear this. Those who had a mindset to listen to this, listen to this. And that's why he always would say, those who have an ear, let him hear. Because everybody there wasn't there for the same purpose. A lot of people come just to get in the way. There was a mixed multitude that came out of, out of Egypt. 
And so everybody wasn't down with the cause from coming out of Egypt. They just saw something happen, and we're going to go with them. All right? Now, what did Christ do? He broke it down for them, didn't he? See, Jesus was always trying to teach the kingdom of God. That's what he wanted to teach. And, and, and this was his mission, to explain how the kingdom of God operates. This is what this parable was about, how the kingdom of God operates, and more importantly, how we can operate in it. Amen? His messages could not be received by everybody because everybody really didn't want to know. You ever realize that? People will come, but they don't really want to know. They just coming just to be here, right? He said, and he said unto you, it is given, unto you, I'm sorry, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables. That seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. See, we are so blessed to have this word given to us. Because he wants to give us this word so we may understand his way. He said some people don't want his way, so they're not going to hear. Some people don't want to hear instruction, so they're not going to see. They're just not going to. And we, as, as we do the word of God, and the word of God will do what it's going to do. Amen? So be encouraged by that. Now, go to, uh, we're going to go back to, uh, let's go to Luke 8, 11. Christ said, let me break this down for you. He said, verse 11 of Luke 8, now the parable is this. The seed is what? The word of God. Those by the wayside after they are, are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. We talked about heart last night, didn't we? When the word of God is really in your heart, it's hard for the devil to get to you. And the verse 13 says, They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation they fall away. Verse 14, And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But, at, but that on the good ground are they, which an, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now let's break this explanation down just a little bit so we can understand what our soil is. Amen? Some of us might be rocky. Some of us may be wayside. Some of us may be good. Amen? But we need to find out what's the, what's the key to being the good soil. What, 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 is the, what, what example it's given in God's word about each one of these so we can determine where we are and what we need to pray for. Amen? So let's go, to, we go, to, let's go to verse, back to verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. See, God is planting his word everywhere. Y'all realize that? He's using his spirit. He's using his pastors, his teachers, his evangelists. He's using them to plant the word. So it is not going to be a lack of word. <laughs> it's going to be a lack of soil. <laughs> it's a lot of seed everywhere. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians. We're going to get some, 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 some witnesses on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, I'm using my church to plant my seed. Do we believe that? And in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 27, he gives us a list of, of, of 
of seed companies. But you gotta need you need a church because that's how he set this thing up. That's, he said this is the place where the seed is. Okay. Now we go out from the church and plant seed, but you gotta come back and get some more seed. Amen. You don't have this this ever flowing bag. <laughs> you know the bag's gonna get empty eventually. So you gotta come back to the church. Amen. To his church. And so he says uh, he set some in the church. He established in the church. Uh, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. See, he's got a lot of avenues in the church where this seed is being uh, uh, spread, broadcast. You see that? So this is how he does this thing. He has a way of planting his seed, spreading his word. So it's not that he can't spread his word. It's are we receiving his word? You see? So Romans, let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 10. And as he talks about this, we need to understand his word is what needs to be spread. And that's why, uh, you know, a lot of places don't really specialize in word. They specialize in entertainment. They have, uh, uh, you know, somebody giving stories. You know, some, some pastors are great storytellers. And you're just like, wow, that's a great story. Because they are very gifted in that. There's nothing wrong with, with say, you know, we're talking about things. But the word of God, the seed is the word of God. Not my story. And so we need to be spreading the word of God. Amen? In Romans 10, he says in verse 14, this is another avenue. He says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Because the whole point is that the seed is going to get somebody to call upon God. Amen? Is that how can they call upon him in whom what they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom that they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a what? A preacher. And this is so important, verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be what? Sent. Please, that's very important. Everybody say they are preachers. But unless they are sent by the seed maker, their word will be of none effect. Amen? Toward the kingdom of God. They have an effect, I guess. You know? But he said, how they be sent without a, uh, uh, except they be sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. See, when you have to teach and you have to preach, you need to have the seed in your hand. You need to have the seed maker in your heart. You need to have the seed spirit with you so the seed will be spread in the way it needs to be spread. Now, how many times have you... It's not like I'm, okay, I'm going to speak Spanish over here. I'm going to speak Indonesian over here. I'm going to speak English. It's not like that, is it? Everybody heard the language they needed to hear because the seed that was given out was, was fortified by the spirit. Does that make sense? And so it's not the seed, it's the soil. Amen? And oftentimes it's not the seed spreader, it's still the soil. Are you a willing uh, uh, um, recipient of his seed. Amen? Go back to Luke 8. So we got that part. So we know what the seed is, and we know the seed. And taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. See, some people will hear, but are so convinced. Now, this is how the devil works. So you think the devil's going to come and, and jump away the seed, you know, or, or snatch it out of your pocket. He comes, he, see, some people will hear, but are so convinced of what they believe is to be true 
that they have no room for any different presentation. They have no room for any other seed. I know, therefore don't, I, you see it in your face sometimes when, when you're talking about something in church and people get that blank look on their face, like they checked out. <laughs> They're like, well, whatever he said, I, I already know that. And so now I'm thinking about, what am I doing when I get home? What am I, what, did I, did I, I did put gas in the car, didn't I? Uh, what are we going to eat? You know, that's the devil. I know it sounds like you, but that's the devil. That voice in your head saying, the seed is being planted. You need to hear this. Nope. I already know that, so I really can't learn anything else about that. Okay? Also, they are comfortable in what they believe, but unfortunately, they believe a lie. And, and a lie is strong. <laughs> and, and, and the devil convinces them not to entertain any other perspective. That's who, who that's his, this is Luke 12, 8. They take away the word out of their heart. They just, they hear it, but, ah, I'm good. Anybody been that? Mike, like, I Let's go to Mark, Mark 7. Let's get, some, let's get some, some scripture on this. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Somebody say, you know, you might want to live in this orange house. Uh, ain't nothing wrong with blue. What's wrong with you? I don't want to hear. Well, God sometimes has to tell us to move out of the blue house. And you know why? Because the blue house is not going to get us to the kingdom. Amen? So in Mark chapter 7, we begin at verse 7. Mark chapter 7 and verse 7. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine, teaching for seed, the commandments of who? Men. For laying aside the commandment of God, or the good seed, ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, or the good seed. Why? That ye may keep your own tradition. That's how the devil takes it from you. I refuse the good seed because I want to keep this other thing. And I know it's hard. I was, we were praying about this the other day. It is very difficult, but not impossible, because God can do this in all of us. To have to say, I have been wrong all my life. It takes a special spirit in you to be able to get you to even entertain that. And the older you get, the harder it is. Because you think about it. Like, because if you don't, you don't have a spirit that says, I just want to do right. Or, or you got the other spirit of pride. And oh, I, I'll never admit that. Mm -mm. I haven't been wrong. No, no, no. My mama and daddy did this. Well, amen. Okay. And he said, if you, if you love mom and dad more than me. Well, uh, that's what he said. Uh, yeah. That's hard for us. My father taught me this. And I'm like, you mean that was wrong? See, then, because then you want to just, you want to make the, the, the foolish mistake about what they taught you makes them bad people. No, it doesn't. Don't throw everybody out because they taught you wrong. They just taught you what they know. They taught you what they knew. They taught you what, how they, you know, the best they knew how to do that. 
So don't cancel them. That doesn't make your parents bad. That doesn't make your old pastor evil. That doesn't make your old church rotten. It doesn't. It just means, hey, come on up. God says it's time for you to, to, be, to understand this seed. And you say, thank you, God, for helping, giving me an opportunity to understand this seed so maybe I can go back and spread some seed. And that's, we got to not make that mistake. And it makes it a little easier on us if we uh, 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 don't pressure us like that. Because when we get pressured like that, then it makes it harder to throw away the traditions of men. And he said, we got to throw those away. Amen? Amen. So if, 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 if grandmama, I don't know, if grandmama was an atheist, okay, what she taught you was wrong, but she's still grandmama. And if she's still alive, guess what you get to do? You get to go by and, and prayerfully, spiritually, Carry some seed in your pocket and ask if some seed needs to be spread. Amen. He said, verse 16 of Romans 10, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who have believed our report? When you start telling the truth, you look around and say, nobody's believing it. But them believing it is not your responsibility. So don't beat them in the head with it. Don't, you know, you throw, throw a 50-pound bag of seed on them and crush them. They don't love the Lord. Well, they're not breathing right now, you know. <laughs> what we got to understand is that it is his responsibility. We follow his orders. We please, okay, Lord, plant the seed. What seed you want me to plant? All right, very good. And then they will all stand up and talk about you and kick you out of the church. That has nothing to do with you. Because you don't know 10 years later, somebody who sat there, it might come back to them. Do you know that there was a young man uh, who, who uh, was standing and witnessing the execution of Stephen? He, he was in charge of keeping the coats. Because I got his coat, man. If I can throw this brick. He was there. Do you know some time later he was used and he is the greatest apostle to the Gentiles that ever lived? So it's not you. It was Stephen, his seed that he planted by his example was planted in him. Stephen didn't see the result of it because Stephen wasn't there to look for a result. He was there to follow his, 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 his God. So it's all right if they don't listen. Really? They, they could be in a season of deafness. And when the season changes, that seed who's kind of still around might start taking root. Amen? Amen. See, let's go to go back to Luke 8. So we okay with this, this devil coming in and, and trying to keep us from this word? And don't let the devil keep you from the word because your tradition told you that... Your tradition word is against the word of God, but you love your tradition more than you love your God. We good? <laughs> Nails been on the leg. <laughs> now let's go back to Luke 8. We're down to 13 now. He was talking about, he's breaking down this seed in different places that it fell. And in verse 13 of, of uh, Luke 8, it says, 
They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. Okay? So you can encourage. Now they receive the word with joy. Sometimes that connection can come from being around like-minded people. You ever thought about that? Maybe uh, uh, (laughs) it it might be uh, those who receive joy, the other people who are just like you who are receiving it with joy, but they're having the same struggles you're having. It might be a reason why there's a church. A church is not a, a house of saints. A church is a house of people trying to find that joy in Christ and trying to help each other and support each other so we can all make it. But when you separate yourself from that, and you do receive the word with joy, and you're happy and you're looking around, but all your boys, all your girls, all your relatives ain't got nothing to do with what this joy is about. And so what happens after a while, what the Bible say? They fall away. That temptation come at you. That pressure come. When that you have to give a reason for your hope and you have no reason. You just have joy. I, I was happy to hear it. I know it's the truth, but I got no support system. Let's go find a support system. John 15. What is most important is being connected to Christ. That is the one that we stay connected so we won't fall away. Amen? We connect with one another. We support one another, but we all need to be connected to Christ. He said in in John 15, verse 4, he makes this statement. He makes this, it's not a suggestion. He says, this is the only way. He said, abide in me and I in you. Amen? As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. See, because temptation is coming, pressure is coming, this newfound joy you have because you've learned more about God, you've learned more about who he is and how he works and how he loves, and he said, it's going to come, it's going to pressure you, but if you stay connected to me, in that hour of temptation, that vine will feed that branch, amen? And he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abided, he and I have that joy, but sustain that joy is Christ Jesus. So stay connected there. Amen? If we stay connected to him, that hour of temptation will not overcome you. You will not be overwhelmed. You will have this strength that you didn't know was there because you got this new joy and you don't, uh, I don't know what to do with this, this Christianity thing, but it's still working. Don't ever separate yourself from the vine. Don't let the devil clip you. It's like the wolf who tries to catch leave based upon something somebody else said about you. I mean, you, you come to church, everybody's having a good time, and he said, but that person has a tendency to be a lone wolf, so I'm just going to whisper something. Well, I'm not coming back to that church no more. Mm. That person said this, and didn't nobody s- and, and all of it was a made-up lie, and no one knows about it but you and you and the devil. And now he has made this, this molehill. He's made this mountain out of a molehill. And now you don't go to church anymore. And guess what happened? Gotcha. I cut you off from the vine. Well, I'm just going to worship by myself. Don't ever, ever think that is the, the, the ideal circumstance. 
Yes, study on your own. Yes, study by yourself. Yes, because you don't all need to come over to your house at 4 o'clock when you get up and read your Bible. Do that. But, oh, don't cut yourself off from the structure of God. Amen? And I see that more and more now. People are fed up with churches. People are fed up with religion. People are fed up with the, pop, the, 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 um, the advertisement or the marketing campaign of religion. They're sick of it, and they, but they, they go, they've, they've been trained to go to church. They've been trained to read, but they say, I'm out of this. Devil says, got you. You are disconnected. Don't ever get disconnected. Amen. And that would please, once again, we'll make this statement for all those who are viewing this. We are not the sole place of, of righteousness on the earth, but you better find somebody. You better find a group of people. You don't be out here on your own because that's very dangerous. Amen? Now, let's go back to Luke. Let's go back to Luke. I was about to say, hey, we're going to get out on time. <laughs> then, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Something happened got the joy. I got the word. But something got in the way. See, they have things to do. You ever have things to do? I got, I, you know, I got things to do. I got, I got a job. I got folks. You know, I got things to accomplish. I got dreams. I got aspirations. I got, I got hopes. I, 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 I got things I need to do. See, we call it living our best life. <laughs> I'm going to live my best life. Well, most people who say they're living their best life, self has taken control, and pleasure becomes your mistress. Is that too hard? Okay. We got to realize something. You don't have a life. Without Christ, you have no life. If Christ says, no life, you dead. <laughs> if Christ says, don't wake up, guess what? So, your best life is in Christ. Amen? Amen? Now, please understand, your life in Christ, don't let television and old things or even new things try to get you to say that Christ's life is not good. Oh, I guess we'll just be poor. I guess we'll just have to do this. Where did you read that? We focus on the martyrs. They were, everybody didn't get martyred. Maybe have you know, 12. <laughs> maybe, maybe 100. Maybe 100,000. But there'll be trillions of people. Don't be so arrogant to think you can be a martyr. You know the strength it takes to beat God to put you in that position. I mean, but, but try. I mean, <laughs> you know, try to have that strength, not try to be a martyr. But, but, you know, don't say, well, as long as I ain't good, as long as I ain't strong, I can live. No, no. <laughs> don't make that mistake. But being a martyr is only for certain people. And it's only for a reason. God has a purpose for it. It's a seed planter. Okay? But God had a lot of other people who lived all their life without somebody boiling them in oil. And they served the Lord. Do you know that, that, that uh, 
Aquila, Priscilla. You, you know these people. Uh, 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 who was the merchant of purple? Uh, uh, these people had a little coin. Do you know they helped the church? And they served the Lord all their life? And they died rich? It's all right, isn't it? Is that okay? Y'all don't mind that, do you? Oh, yeah, I won't be one of them. Mm. Wonderfully, we'll understand this. Okay? Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. We don't want a mistress called pleasure. We don't want a king called self. Our best life is Christ living in us. And when he say, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So that's your best life. Because he loved us. He loves you. And he gave himself for us. That's your best life. Now, and that's a good life. Compare that life with anything else. It, 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 everything else dims in comparison. You don't believe that? Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Let's start at verse 4. Stay with me just for a moment. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 4. I think the air is actually working. Okay. We need to tip that up just a little bit. Mm. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 4. Solomon was breaking down his best life, his pursuit of best life. Okay? And what did he say? He said, I made me great works. I always liked Solomon because Solomon lived in a day that you didn't go to the store and bought nothing, buy nothing. He just made it. He had some people to make. Make this for me. Solomon was so cool that he didn't buy, he didn't go to uh, 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 Apple Music and download music. He said, artists, come here. <laughs> and they would play for him. You know, he's better than Obama. You know, Obama had folks coming, you know, Stevie wanted to come to the White House. Anybody Stevie wanted to see these? Uh, but this is the life, this is the best life Solomon had. He said, I'm going after my best life. I want to see what this best life is. And he said, I made me works, I built me houses, I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kind of fruits. He's going after it. This must, this has to be my best life. This is what's going to bring me pleasure. This is what's going to bring me fulfillment. This is what's going to bring me joy. So, and he had the wherewithal to go at it like this. Verse 6 says, I made me pools of water, to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. Does this sound like what you're doing now? No. Can't even keep a dog. <laughs> but he was after this and he had the riches to do this he had the influence to do this now verse 8 says i gathered me also silver and gold and the particular peculiar i'm sorry treasure of kings and of the provinces he said they're peculiar to kings the stuff that we don't even know exists he said i gathered all of those all the silver and the gold we read about this i think it was wednesday night about the things he would was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remains with me. And that was the blessing he had. Because the wisdom that God had let him come to a conclusion. He still went for his best life. So just because God has blessed you with wisdom don't mean you're not going to go off track 
and go in the wrong direction. But God's wisdom is with you. And God's wisdom will pull your coattail. Your, oh, that's an old expression. He'll, he'll get your attention. He'll tap you <laughs> on the shoulder. He'll cut your internet access off. Anything to get your attention, okay? He said, uh, by all of us, we couldn't touch this. Whatever he wanted, he got. Good and evil. Because we know later on, that brother went after some interesting things. And it wasn't a good thing. But this is what happened to him. Verse 11, then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was what? Vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. He said, I went after my best life, all the pleasures of this world, all the joys that man could have. I mean, nothing was withheld from him. And he came to a conclusion that this best life ain't it. So don't let the cares and the pursuit of this life keep you out of the kingdom. Don't let it choke the seed that God planted in you, that joy that he wants to give you, that, that, that fullness of, of, of fulfill, fulfillness. Don't let it choke that out of you. Because if you, nobody has been this way. And he came to the conclusion, ah, junk on that. King Solomon found out that living your best life is nothing to begin be compared to having the seed of God in your heart every day of your life. Houses. He said, hey, belong to me. You need one. Here you go. Y'all believe that? What happens if you need a chariot? He said, I got five million dealerships. I own the manufacturing department. Which you want one off, off the line? You, you know, he said, I get it for you. If you need it, I get it for you. Do y'all believe that? I know he does it. And he doesn't do it the way you think he's going to do it. See, we think buying a car is you need money. You need money to buy a car. So that means, well, God's going to bless me with money, and then God's going to bless me with a car. God might just say, uh, here, here's a car. And that, that when Sister Carlin told me that, that testimony about her that, that next uh, uh, a friend of hers, I mean, the man just bought that lady a car. Don't know the lady. But he'd been for years watching this lady take care of people. And he, he looked like an old gruffy, mad dude that don't like us. We'll just leave us at that. Man said, I'm tired of you driving that raggedy car. What color car do you want? On the phone with the dealership. No money fell out of the sky. God didn't all of a sudden have somebody, here's 20000 No. You needed a car. God says, let me touch him. He's got, and what did he say? He said, I got money and I'm old. What am I going to do with it? And he bought the lady a car. So let God provide the things that you, you want. He doesn't mind you wanting not to live in a shack. He really is okay with that. You don't have to drive a 72 Dart. You know, you don't have to. God says, I got you. Are we okay with that? 
but, but don't let your pursuit of the, of the Mercedes, the 18-bedroom house, the 4,000 acres, the job, don't let the pursuit of that choke you away from the king. Amen? Go back to Luke. Let's go back to Luke. We're going to go to verse 15 now. So we found out about this other soil that's not working out. He, he asked us not to do that. He said, the devil took some, right? What was the second one? Yeah. Fell on a rock. It was had joy, no connection, right? Third one was, it got choked. The seed got choked out, right? But we're down to 15 now. Luke 8, 15 says, but that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, do something that no one else did. They keep it. And bring forth fruit with patience. If you keep the word, wait on it. While you're waiting, serve. Amen? He said, with patience. He says, I love you too much to kill you. It's like a, a, a I want, look, one of the, 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 the quail incident. God says, look, I'm trying not to give you this quail, man. Because I know what's going to happen to you and out here in this unrefrigerated place and all this kind of stuff. Y'all y'all haven't been tempered at all. I know what's going to happen to you. But, but what happened? I always love the way he gave it to him, too. Because they accused him of not being able to help. Do we ever accuse God of that? Lord, I don't know you did hear me, didn't you? It's been four days, Lord. God said, be patient. If you knew what he knew, you'd just be happy to be alive. And God wants to do what's right for you. And we should want to do right by him. Amen? See, these people, they keep the word in their hearts. And the only way you can keep God's word in your hearts, you perform God's word. Amen? And it has to be in your life. And on a daily basis, not only will you inspire others to come to him, but guess what? If you work in the word, you're going to receive some great benefits from working in God's word. Do we believe that? Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29. He said, look, not only will you be my servant, my witness, my minister, and you'll help other people get into the position that you're currently in, you're going to come up higher. Because he is not a low God. He's not a cheap God. He's not a broken God. He's a God who's looking for a conduit. He's looking for a house. He's looking for somebody who will say, whatever, wherever and whatever I put must need to step it up. Some of us need to slow down. Because there's a curve up there and you don't know it. And you're in your, in your Dodge Charger going 100 miles an hour. He said, slow down, man, slow down. Man. Ah, I got this. Zing, off the cliff. Deuteronomy 29, 9. He said, if you keep my word. Verse 9 says, keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them. What's the promise here? Deuteronomy 29, 9. That ye may prosper in what? Now, you know all the big words. For three letters, it's a pretty big word. I need to prosper more than just in finances. I need to prosper more than material things. 
I need to prosper in all things. I need to prosper in my relationship with him, my relationship with others. I need to prosper in, 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 in I want my family to prosper in, in love. I want them to prosper in, in prosperity. I mean, all these things. He said, I'm going to let you prosper in all things. Anybody need some health prosperity? Everybody got to get, do you know being healthy is wonderful? That's why you always see the older people and the rich people, very rich people, they say, man, I give a million dollars just to feel good. Because they're sick. A million dollars couldn't fix them. They had a million dollars. But there's a God in Deuteronomy 29, 9 says you're going to prosper in all things. You believe that? If you keep my word. See, everybody, remember the, the whole parable was about this. Everybody heard the word. But those who keep it, Get this promise. Go to John 13. We're just going to get a couple more scriptures, and then we're all going to be happy, aren't we? <laughs> Your guard, is, the, is the soil full yet? Yeah. You're getting there, right? You're getting some more seed in this, all right? Okay, no rocks, right? No choking going on. <laughs> what are you doing, Jeff? <laughs> John, John 13, 17. He says, if you know these things, Happy. Who wants to be happy? Happy are ye if you do them. The only way to be happy is to do the word of God. Why? Because he's the source of all happiness. You're not going to find happiness anywhere else. Drugs can't make you happy. Cheeseburgers can't make you happy. Infidelity will never make you happy. A job, believe me, you might be happy for a minute. But that job, man, the only way to be happy wherever you may be is when God, in Christ. Amen? How do you get that good heart? That's the question. How do you get that good soul? I'm just going to be, no, Ezekiel. Make it easy on you. Let's go to Ezekiel. Y'all about ready to crash. I see it. Y'all thinking about that rice and black-eyed peas and kale salad that's waiting in there. That's what y'all thinking about. You eat now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he said, this good soil, Ezekiel, he said, I, you need this, I develop it. He didn't leave it to us to develop, did he? Let's go to Ezekiel 36, and we're going to read verse, starting at verse 26. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. Because we were the first three, rocks, wayside, choking, he said, well, let me, let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. Verse 26 says, a new heart also will I give you. That's the, that's the good heart. That's the, that's the fertile ground. And a new spirit will I put within you. So you see what the problem's been? We had a stony heart and a bad spirit. That's why we couldn't hear. That's why we let the world get our attention. That's why we, we, we temporarily love the Lord. And then by Tuesday, we don't. Because we got a bad spirit and a stony heart. He said, I know that. He said, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put another spirit in you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. See, I give my heart to the Lord. You can't give your heart to God. All you can say is, help me, Lord. He said, okay, let me take it out. Put that in. That's why serving him is not that difficult. If you decide you want to serve him more than you want to serve you. All kind of songs. I give my heart to the Lord. Well, God says, I don't really want that one. 
uh, let's put it this way now. God is going to do some amazing things with you, though, because you're going to walk in these principles. You're going to understand that your heart does belong to him, but let him give you a new one. Amen? The devil has, has, has really has damaged. You had, in your heart, you've had a bad renter. <laughs> For you property owners, you understand, when you have a bad renter, you got check, check, you know, check on, I mean, old roaches, you have more roaches than you got ceiling tile. Well, that's what your heart has been. You had a bad renter. You had somebody living in there that was not worthy of your home. God says, okay, let me evict that. Let me fix it up. Nah, I'm not going to renovate. We're just going to start over. I'm going to give you a new one. Amen? And, and God promised us this in verse 27. And I will put my spirit within you. And this spirit will cause you to do what? Walk in my statutes. Keep it. To walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments. He didn't say you might. He said when my spirit is in you, you shall keep my judgments. You shall walk in my statutes. And you will do them. Be encouraged today. We walk, we walk down the parable season and found out where we are. I didn't say where we were, but where we are. We're the good soil. Why? Because we're going to let God do this transplant. We're going to let him do what he said he wanted to do. See, because it is impossible for us to do this, but all things are possible in Christ. Let us accept the gift of Christ. Let us accept the fact that we are helpless and hopeless without him, let us determine this afternoon that our best life is garbage compared to what life he's about to give us. See, what, it, what it, Brother Paul said, I counted all dumb. He said, I left all of this, all that stuff, all the, the rewards and everything I got, man, I'm out because this life is my best life. So remember, it's his seed, your soil. So let him give you some soil. Let him plant his spirit so you may hear and obey, that you may keep it. If you're struggling keeping God's word, ask for his spirit. If you're struggling keeping the, the being consistent, ask for more of his spirit because that's what's going to give you that power to get over that temptation to quit. Every time we quit, everybody been in a restaurant and quit? You know, we call it treating ourselves. That's just Jerry, that's what Sister Jerry was talking about today. I didn't eat sugar all week. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to eat a whole cake. <laughs> so what we're going to do, when we find ourselves weak, we're going to get closer to the vine. We're going to say, Lord, give me your spirit. I'm getting weak. The temptation is too much for me. This pressure is too much for me. But I know with you all things are possible. I don't want to do it. My, 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 my flesh, my stony heart doesn't want to do it, but I want to give you this. I want you to walk with you. Help me. Well, don't you know he will? Hang, stay with him. Though you fall, hmm, you will not utterly be cast out. For the Lord will uphold you. But be the recipient of the seed, the good soil, so the seed may prosper. And remember what the gospel is. 
It's for us to go love and lift and help. Now, if you down here, you know, with no hope and no faith, you go help somebody else. We got to have faith no matter what position or condition we find ourselves in. We might not be rich in finance, but we're rich in Christ. And when we, if we become rich in finance, let's still be rich in Christ. If we, if we get into a position where we can help, help. See, God says, if you're stewards of the small, then I can trust you with the big. See, every time you get a chance, do good. Every chance you get a, a chance to help somebody along the way, do that. It might not be much to you, but it might be everything to them. You don't know. You don't know when you're sitting there that you, you walk by somebody. You ever walk by somebody and the spirit says, you need to slow down for a second. You just walk by. You're walking by. You're you know, you, you going somewhere. And out of the corner of your eye, you see darkness. Now, I'm not talking about evil. I'm just talking about depression. I'm talking about somebody struggling with something. Somebody carrying a load. And, and God says, stop. And you all right? Now, sometimes those turn into two-hour conversations. I'm just warning you, okay? <laughs> this used to happen to me when we were, when uh, Lawrence was little. This is when we were uh, younger. I, you know, when I was 27, 28, you know, I, need, I don't feel like getting up early to get gas. So 11 o'clock, I'll be back. I'm going to get some gas. Never fails. I have to find a payphone, baby. I'm talking to somebody. Uh, you know, because I don't want something to happen. You know, I've been gone an hour. The gas station's five minutes from the house. You know. Sometimes that happens. Be ready for that. Sometimes it's just somebody just needs you to place your hand on the shoulder. Some people just need a praise. Some people just need that. And when you do that, then God says, I can bless you with more. Because I know you're going to be faithful. But only the faithful heart will be faithful. And only those who keep the commandments will be faithful. And only those who allow the spirit to be placed in them will be able to keep his commandments. So let's do that today. Are we all right with that? Any? No rocks? Or? Now look, you heard the word, right? You sound halfway joyful. Okay? Now what happened to the one who first heard, had the joy? What happened to them? They withered away. So now you, you got the joy. So you got to keep going. You got to what? Stay connected. Stay connected. And then practice what you heard. If you practice what you heard, you're more likely going to remember what you heard. It's like writing something down. There's something about writing that keeps it in your head. So practice. It'll keep it in your life. Don't hear this word. Say hallelujah. And then don't keep it. Because Tuesday's coming. And Monday sometimes. <laughs> Monday. I, I can't get to Monday. Monday rough. Um, and it'll call, it'll put that pressure on you. But when, that, when God is with you, that pressure's nothing. It's nothing. You say, okay, Lord, there's pressure. Your pressure, here, take it. So let's keep that in mind. Amen? Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. First of all, giving us your spirit so we may hear your truth. And Father, we ask that we would be this, you would make the soil in our heart, the good soil, that hear and keep the commandments of God. Help us, Lord not just for us, but there needs to be an example today in this year that someone is walking in the commandments of God. Someone is walking in the love of God. 
someone is practicing the methods of heaven. Father, let us be that people. Help us to reach that goal so we may help those that are in need, Lord. For Lord, no, they have no hope that without God in the world, 